Yes, good morning. This is Curtis Shuck with the Well Done Foundation in Bozeman, Montana. Thank you very much for joining the program here today. Curtis Shuck and myself, we go back about seven, eight, nine years. Of course, I remember you were one of the first ones I met out in the Bakken at a conference. Back then, you were doing some stuff with the, um, I think it was the Port of Vancouver in Washington back in the day. We had a correspondent we sent out there, and they, they learned a lot. So, I, first of all, I just wanted to set the context that uh, my relationship with you, whether you know it or not, has been very educational through the years because of the access and just kind of the collaboration that, you know, we've done on, I don't know, maybe two, three times total, something like that. But they've been very good in a way to understand the industry. So how's that for an intro, Mr. Curtis Shuck? How you doing? Well, I appreciate it, Jason, for sure. And, you know, continue to do amazing work and, and uh, you know, get the word out there and provide really useful information to the industry and to, you know, kind of, you know, the citizenry at large. And it's important to get that level of perspective. And I appreciate, you know, again, the work you do. I know it's, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those unsung hero type programs. And, uh, and I really appreciate it because it's, it's important. Well, I was looking at the Bozeman Daily Chronicle because, of course, I read that publication every day. No, I'm doing a search course for oil and gas news, and it came up, and I recognized your name right away, so I clicked on it. And it has to do with the Well Done Foundation, and I thought this is a, this is a fantastic uh, uh, organization, a fantastic concept, a fantastic movement that I really believe needs to have more attention. And so appreciate you coming on today to talk a little bit about this. Now, you've been in the industry for, what, 20, 30 years now? Yeah, 30, 30 years in some shape or form. You know, actually, my first oil and gas job was uh, back in the day up on the North Slope in the summer of 1982. So I guess that's probably a little more than 30 years. But uh, but I've enjoyed, you know, lots of various aspects, you know, uh, much time, as you mentioned, in the port industry and focused on transportation of of uh, oil and gas related products and services and um, you know enjoyed oh gosh uh, five years in the Bakken and uh, finally ended up uh, here in Bozeman Montana. Well I know that this abandoned wells I think is just a fantastic uh, whether it be a social cause or whatever you want to call it in the energy industry but being being you know growing up in North Dakota and uh, being in the Bakken, I guess, uh, there's not a lot of, you know, abandoned wells and, and that sort of thing because of the, the history of tracking of the geology behind it and the legislative process, etc. You know, I, it wasn't until I started doing some investigation of Ohio and some of these other areas, of course, where this was, you know, back when they were doing, you know, probably actual shovels getting yeah. get, getting some stuff out of there. So this is a real issue. And then I look at California, and there's 35,000 abandoned wells alone that they know about just off of the bankruptcies and the number of things. So this is uh, 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 something that's going to be on the increasing forefront over the next 10 years. So let's talk a little bit about the issue, how you came about with this organization, and just kind of let's get into this uh, topic a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, no, I certainly appreciate it. And you know, so kind of the the my background in in setting up uh, the Well Done Foundation 
began up in uh, a legacy field in northern Montana, the Keevan Sunburst field, which was first developed in the early 1920s. In fact, their discovery well was 1921. And I was uh, had been doing some work up there with the Port of Northern Montana and Toole County, uh, working on some agricultural-related uh, transportation initiatives uh, for that organization. And as I was out in the field talking with farmers, uh, I had a chance to, again, sort of run across uh, many of these orphaned uh, or abandoned wells. And was stunned and astonished and and just befuddled that you know what i was seeing with my own eyes i mean i literally couldn't believe the condition of looking at you know uh, literally an open well bore um that uh was visibly emitting gases and and so as i started to look around and and see in this just this one particular field you know, the numbers that were there, and as it turns out, uh, Toole County, Montana, has the largest number of orphan wells. And so I started working with the Montana Board of Oil and Gas on the orphan well issue and come to find out that, you know, they had a program that was marginally funded and, you know, just a challenge. And this challenge is not just uh, a Montana issue. As it turns out, there's 25 other states that are facing this uh, this same issue. Montana has a relatively small number of orphan wells in, in the several hundred range. Uh, North Dakota currently has about 500. But, you know, you mentioned Ohio. You know, we're talking about uh, states like Pennsylvania that literally has over 700,000 uh, orphaned wells there. And so we started um, really digging into this issue and and starting to test emissions uh, and found that the emissions off of the orphan wells, certainly in the Keevan Sunburst field there in northern Montana, were significant. Um, and then, you know, really, you know, digging into the science behind, you know, how uh, emissions are calculated uh, relative to greenhouse gas impacts. Um, you know, the, the fact is that, that methane, has a what's known as a global warming potential of 25 times that of carbon dioxide. So all of a sudden, you know, what's a, a small problem becomes a huge problem. And then when you think about it across the sort of the cumulative impact, if you would, of all of these orphaned wells and the level of emissions, it gets to be pretty alarming. And so you know, we uh, immediately started working, as I mentioned, with the Montana Board of Oil and Gas, and uh, they've been great partners uh, to work with. And And right now we've got a pilot program up in northern Montana. Uh, we've adopted uh, adopted uh, 12 wells so far. We're actually in the process of bringing on another 40-plus uh, uh, up in this particular field. We actually have to, uh, as an operator, uh, we actually end up having to uh, bond the wells. We pay the state, kind of crazy and backwards, but we pay the state to assume uh, the uh, responsibility, the financial responsibility to plug and abandon the well. And uh, and then we go about raising the money to, uh, to do that. Uh, right now, plugging a well in northern Montana in this particular field is 
is right around uh, right around thirty thousand dollars, kind of all in. And so uh, we've uh, plugged our first well, and uh, and are using that then as a post closure uh, monitoring control well, so that we're showing you know the impact, the positive impact that uh, that our program has. And uh, and now we're working in states such as Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas. We are formed in California, by the way, uh, as well as uh, as well as uh, Pennsylvania and Kentucky. We've had actually uh, organizations in eight states. In fact, uh, later today we're on our way to Kansas to meet with some team members down there. But you know we're pretty excited at what this opportunity. Uh, can produce in terms of quantifiable benefit. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that when we plug a well, and you know the well plugging is done based on industry standards uh, approved by the various state oil and gas uh, regulatory bodies, that those emissions are stopped immediately, and so you know it's got a it's got a huge impact in terms of benefiting, you know, the the climate. Uh, program and again, depending on regardless, I should say, of where you're at, Jason, across that spectrum, whether you're a, you know, and I, I made the comment in the the Daily Chronicle of whether you're a climate crusader or a climate denier or a climate agnostic, it's still just the right thing to do, right? So we're we're super excited to have this opportunity. How about when it comes with some of this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus federal dollars? You know, I, I was reading, well, we had Brent Sanford on the program just last week, and he was talking about the amount of money that the federal government gave these states in order to shut in these wells or, you know, abandon wells type of a thing. Is that is that something that, that you can get involved in, or is that kind of what you're trying to get involved in? I mean, uh, I, obviously, I would imagine you'd... you'd be, be happy to get something like that, but is that anything that you could even be qualified for? Or is that just for the operators or? Well, we're absolutely. And I, you know, we're, we're an operator, you know, but we enjoy operator status in the state of Montana and the other uh, states in which we're organized. And to the extent that, uh, that there are funds such as that that are available, that's perfect. And, and again, there the EPA estimates that they're currently, well, actually this was as of 2018, I think was their latest uh, update, but as of 2018, there were 3 million orphaned wells across the U.S., you know, 3 million. And you mentioned earlier that with the current state of the industry being just decimated, that there's likely to be more, uh, you know, um, uh, bankruptcies that are going to lead to orphaned wells or abandoned wells. And, and this, so this problem is a huge problem nationally. And, you know, it's uh, kind of an all of the above strategy to get these wells uh, dealt with in a way that really has some, you know, some meaningful impact. And, and so, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I, I think from the Well Done Foundation, if there are funds like that that are available, absolutely, you know, we'll look to that. We we enjoy donations from uh, private and and uh, and uh, corporate entities, and so we appreciate that. But we're also working towards uh, carbon finance 
strategy, which will allow us then to monetize the work that we're doing and the and the benefit to the you know to the the climate through the emission uh, reduction of greenhouse gases. Well, it's interesting you brought that up, and and there's a word carbon finance strategy. It's the first time I've heard the string of those three words together. Uh, understand completely what it is. I was going to ask you the dumb version of it is, is there a way that people can get credits like when they plant trees? But my guess is that the carbon finance strategy, the tree planting would be considered part of the carbon finance strategy, just like uh, giving resources, whether it's financial or maybe it's equipment or maybe it's an operator, whatever it might be, uh, um, um, a talent, you know, that type of thing. Uh, I imagine that that's what we're talking about here is how uh, companies can be better, whether it's the ESG certification or if it's carbon credits, but there's certain strategies behind financing. Is that what we're talking about here? Absolutely, yes. And it's the it, it really fits into the sort of the but for doctrine. And so the, the know, what? The but these, for? The, the but for, yeah. If, if it wasn't for carbon a carbon finance strategy that we wouldn't be able to to uh, to plug the wells or accelerate the plugging of wells or have the impact that we're that we're working to have. Um, you know, yes, there are various state funds and some of the federal dollars have been made available on a limited basis, relatively limited basis. But this problem is so huge, and again, it's growing. So we're we're not really you know, we're kind of losing the battle. We're not really gaining yet that, you know, we need to use, like I said, that, that all of the above uh, strategy. And if, um, if because of the orphan well category, because it's so unique that there isn't a, a, an operator or someone who's got financial responsibility any longer, uh, that it really, it falls back to each individual state. So we've got to figure out a way to help the states. We've got to figure out a way to, again, accelerate, you know, doing this work. And one of the important factors that, you know, in, a, in addition to the, uh, the elimination of the greenhouse gas emissions, but uh, the thing that's also uh, what we love about our program is that we're working closely with the landowners. The landowners, as you know, in many cases are not the mineral rights owners and therefore sort of are the, you know, at the end of the whip in terms of sort of, you know, being left with the consequences from these orphan and abandoned wells. Up in northern Montana, for instance, you know, a well site can be as much as a quarter to a half of an acre. And, you know, many of the operators, when they went out of business, left, you know, tank batteries and structures you know this was back from you know again the turn of the century when they had central pumping units and and rod lines that ran the you know ran the the well program and so we're, we're finding that our surface restoration program is every bit as impactful as the well plugging side so it's a it's a win-win and it's really a two-pronged strategy. There's the downhole work, you know, the subsurface work, but then there's the surface work as well. Yeah, it's interesting how this is going to play out because, you know, between you, me, and who's ever listening to this, um, you know, I, I do get 
emails quite a bit from you know local newspapers and scientific studies and etc and you know how it is you can't you can't cover everything but a lot of things you do pay attention to and one of the ones is the number of the beating of the drums if you will about these orphan wells in the neighboring communities you mentioned earlier that some of these wells are just leaking and yeah. so now we're starting to see some of these health studies and some of these studies come out and like I said, I, I don't really want to, you know, cause a pan, you know, a pandemonium or cause panic <laughs> or anything like that. But there, there are drums there, are, you know, yeah. there are chatters. And, you know, as well as I do, when when the media picks up on this type of stuff, it grows. It, it does grow. And this is going to be something that we're going to hearing more and more about. So uh, for me personally, as as a journalist and as a citizen, I guess I look at this as, you know, the, the well, you used to be in a position of, of, of kind of those executive, you know, state, you know, leadership type things where you represent an industry or you represent a sector. And this is their time to be proactive on this, in my opinion. Does that make sense? It is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to point fingers or pick on anybody, but there's so many signs that say that this is going to be an issue sooner rather than later. So it's best to get ahead of it as opposed to be reactive to something like this. So, sorry, but yeah, that's, anyway, go ahead. Well, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, it unfortunately reflects poorly on the industry. And when we formed the Well Done Foundation, you know, we formed it specifically uh, to partner with, uh, with the industry leaders, uh, the community leaders, and the environmental leaders. We we really think that this is, you know, not a political issue. It's just simply doing the right thing. And if we've got a chance to your point, to be proactive and to engage uh, industry leaders in coming up with these important solutions, then it's a, it's a win for everyone. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what it's about. And, you know, you mentioned social media you know, in our various posts, we we get lots of uh, opinions <laughs> and perspectives coming back. And one that is very prevalent is, you know, sort of that hammering back on the big oil about, you know, this is their responsibility and they should take care of this. Well, the fact of the matter is in many of these legacy fields, you know, these old stripper fields that, you know, the the play is worked over. You know, many of these are mom and pop you know, oil and gas companies that they don't have deep pockets and, and they never did. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we can sit back and throw rocks and glass houses all we want and point fingers and lay blame, but it's not solving the problem. And so our point and position has been, Hey, look, you know, our, our role or our mission is to leave it better than we found it. Right. Let's not, you know, focus on whose fault it is. Let's just fix the problem because that's really where the opportunity lies. And and I think that's where you know, we've been super fortunate and blessed that we've we've received a lot of support uh, that kind of buy into that program. It's okay. Let's just we can do better. So let's do that. So how can people help out? What's next? Uh, transition to how people can be a part of this. 
Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'd, I'd encourage folks to check out our website, to go to the welldonefoundation.com website and learn a little bit about what we're doing. Uh, there are some opportunities there on how to get involved. And, and you know, obviously donating is great. But we also uh, you know, we're also uh, have a volunteer program, which is actually super successful. You'd be amazed, and especially now with, you know, uh, COVID-19 and some of the, the furloughing and, uh, and layoffs that have occurred. So we've been able to engage uh, lots of volunteers in our programs. And, um, you know, that's really kind of what the intent of this grassroots movement is, is let's get everybody involved. Um, you know, I mentioned that we're on our way to Kansas this afternoon. We're meeting with some team members out there. Um, and, uh, and we're going to be in North Dakota uh, in another week with, uh, with, the uh, North Dakota, uh, petroleum councils meetings. So we're looking forward to, to talking with those folks about the orphan well issue, but, you know, I'd encourage you again to check out our website, uh, and, uh, and, you know, reach out to me personally. If you've got any questions, I'm happy to, happy to take phone calls for sure.